Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and if you can't tell, I'm in a different setting today. A very different setting. See, I'm out with my family for the holidays, and we're having a great time so far. What's tough about going to a family member's house is that their house may have not been designed or uh, accentuated with exactly what's needed for ideal audio recording. <laughs> so what I thought I'd do is take a, uh, a play out of the book of uh, Mr. Blister Guy of the Walk to Work fame and uh, Wicked Good of the... Uh, of the off-curve driving-to-work fame, and instead I thought I would record an episode walking around the neighborhood. Not really uh, any purpose of being out here, literally other than talking to you. So, <laughs> might uh, it'll be interesting. In fact, I'm already, as I'm walking around talking to you all and looking around to make sure that no one is looking at me, um, I'm much more aware of my surroundings than uh, than ever when, when I'm even walking with my family or anything. Um, but I hope you all are having a great holiday week. Uh, most everyone has some kind of holiday that they're uh, celebrating around this time. So uh, no matter what that looks like for you and your family, I hope that you're getting some good time with family and enjoying uh, everything that the holidays have to offer. I know that this time of year can also be really difficult for people based off of your history or... Um, maybe new pressures or new uh, new things of this year. So uh, no matter what you're going through right now, just want you to know that as I'm reflecting on what's going on in my world, just how thankful I am for you. And uh, thankful that you joined me for today on uh, the walk to wherever we end up going. You may end up hearing some airplanes in the background because my family is actually in Washington, D.C., and they live very close to uh, the airport here. And so uh, there are literally planes flying over uh, over us all the time, especially when we're sleeping. It's really interesting. It's like, uh, you know, almost a white noise hearing the engines roar by every, uh, every five minutes or so. Um, but it's beautiful out here. In fact, I can see the Washington Monument right from where I'm at. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't get much more uh, serene and gorgeous than that. I don't think. My wife actually went out on a run out here yesterday and said, "I don't understand why anyone in the city would run anywhere else than literally right here because you just see everything up and down the the river that's here and stuff." So anyway, um, so that was a long introduction just to say welcome, and I hope that you're doing well this week. Uh, before we jump into what's going on in the Hearthstone world, let's talk about why I'm happy first. Uh, you can probably imagine I'm happy because uh, I've got some time off, so I can't remember how in-depth I went last time, so I'll, uh, I probably didn't, but I'll make it brief regardless. So we came out here a little bit early because um, there's an airline that has a deal where your kids fly free, which is just insane. Um... Oh no, but we didn't do that. Never mind, scratch that. <laughs> when we were looking at prices for, for airlines though, uh, we realized that leaving early and, uh, or leaving to come out here early and going back home late was going to be best for us. My work, uh, being in the digital marketing world is very remote, uh, remote friendly. So I talked it over with my boss and we worked it out so that I could do my work, uh, remotely. While we were out here, uh, I think it worked out to like five days, so almost exactly a week's worth of work. And uh, what my what my wife said we could do, uh, because again, I'm not recording this at home because it's a little noisy or just not any great um, places uh, around the house for me to record. Um, the same would be true of trying to work and plug into that, so... Uh, what I ended up doing was going into the city and just working from coffee shops and restaurants and stuff. And it was so much fun. I, I'm not a city boy in so much as I've never really lived in the heart of a city, but I've always had an affinity for that. And so, um, 
I loved getting to pretend even for a few days that I was, uh, that I was a born and bred city boy, <laughs> uh, getting good coffee and good meals. My goodness, there was this place I tweeted about it that was like, it was like Chipotle, only Indian food. And I had no clue what I was throwing in my bowl, but my goodness, it was delicious. <laughs> so getting to do that, getting to ride the train station and stuff. I know that's normal for many people, but for me, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun just to get to do that. So I had my days of work and now I'm opening up into a full week of zero work. So, um, I'll be doing some of my HS replay stuff that I do on the side, but that's it. My, my full-time job, I have zero responsibility. Oh, I have one responsibility. Uh, you can't ever get completely out when you're working in the internet world. I'll send one email on Tuesday. That's all I'll do. So honestly, for all intents and purposes, it feels like it's going to be a completely uh, blank week. So just like the road ahead of me is completely blank. So I don't know if this was preordained that this uh, that this uh, walkway would just be so empty that I would feel complete, uh, complete security just talking to all you lovely people today. So, um, so I'm happy that I had that experience and I'm happy now uh, stepping into a free week. Um, also, I'm extremely happy because I don't know what your family's like during the holiday season, but my wife's family who we're with this week is all about food. And I'll be honest, they're not much for cooking most of the time, but my mother-in-law has already cooked um, an entire batch of espresso bean cookies, which I've never had before, and are exactly what you would think. That, that might be the extra pep in my step while I'm talking right now. And uh, she has a new found concoction, which might be something if you want to get experimental this week. It's actually, it seems pretty simple to make. So I, I'm, I'm dubbing them spicy ranch pretzels because that's basically what they are. You take the uh, pretzel snaps, I think they're called. They're like square and they kind of look like windows. And you, uh, you lay them out on a, on a baking sheet. And then you sprinkle uh, some of the powdered ranch seasoning, um, cayenne pepper, dill, and there's one more thing, I think garlic salt. And then you bake them in the oven for two hours at 200 degrees. They don't ever, I mean, they're pretzels, so they don't need to cook. It just kind of warms them up and sort of gets the, uh, gets the seasoning a little crisp. Oh my goodness, you get those things right out of the oven. They are insane. <laughs> so, uh, if you're feeling, if you're feeling like you want to try something new, go for it. Cause, uh, cause my gosh, I cannot, I, I was inhaling those things. I don't think I even ate lunch today. I just stationed myself by the spicy ranch pretzels and I was good to go. Uh, also really happy that we finally got our nerfs. So we talked about them ahead of time. This is the portion of the show where we start talking about Hearthstone. I know it's uh, crazy and all that, but, um, we got the nerfs. Uh, they went live, I believe it was on Thursday. And we got mostly stuff that maybe we could have guessed. But we got one big surprise. And I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off here with the surprise here of the nerf. Sludge Slurper is down from two attack to one attack. It's still one mana. It still overloads you for one. Uh, I don't think anyone saw this coming, but it didn't take me very long about thinking about this card. It caused me to say, yeah, that's actually super, super smart to just modify that even slightly. Because the really easy um, way to think about this card is in line with Evil Cable Rat, which is a two mana one one, battle cry, give yourself a, a lackey, right? And Sludge Surfer does the same thing, except it splits the mana cost across two turns and has an extra attack, historically speaking, not anymore. The big deal with this is that there's basically no downside. Overload, you can argue, is a bit of a downside, um, but specifically with this card giving you a one-mana card, you play Sludge Slurper on turn one, guess what you're playing turn two? Whatever lackey you just pulled. So it doesn't matter if your deck is even built to take advantage of that. Aggro Overload would obviously have stuff to play, but control decks would play Sledge Slurper also just because it could give you some extra juice or give you a really early game play that basically filled out your curve for you. So 
all intents and purposes, Sludge Slurper was just a better evil cable rat. And Team 5 has mentioned before that they like to change cards that are seeing too much play to the point that when you're building a deck for a certain class, you just auto-include something. And I would be really surprised if that wasn't the, uh, the thing that they were thinking and um, what ended up causing them to make this decision on Sludge Slurper is that it was just seeing play everywhere and needed, needed to come to a close. Alright, the next change we had was Corrupt Elementalist. This is the 5-mana 3-3 that Battlecry invokes Galeron, Galacrond twice. Sorry, I don't have things in front of me because I haven't done this mobile recording before. And I uh, apparently I can't get out of the app while I'm recording. So you'll have to excuse me if I get a word wrong here or there. Um, but I actually recorded all of this once before already. And uh, now I'm having to do it again because it just flat out didn't record while I was in another app, which is quite silly if you ask me. But it's 2019 still. You can only expect so much out of 2019. 2020 will be a different story, believe me. So Corrupt Elementalist, uh, it's up to 6 mana instead of 5. So this card is still very strong. It was strong before. Um, but the reason it, it needed to be changed was because of the difference in the curve and gameplay of the deck as a whole. Um, I, I think that for its mana cost, 5 mana, 3-3, three, three, and 2-2-1s two, two with Rush is insane. I mean, you think of it as a light uh, 5 mana, 3-3, three, three, deal 4 damage as a battle cry. That's crazy. Plus, by the way, your 7 mana hero later on will have a claw and come packaged with 288s with Rush, so that's crazy. But the real problem was the curve of the deck itself, right? So uh, what you would play in Galakron Shaman before was on turn one, Sludge Slurper, turn two, the you pulled, turn three, Farsider Manatite Totem, turn four, the uh, the Witch that Rushes, turn five, Corrupt Elementalist, turn six, Kronks, turn seven, Galakron, and guess what? Galakrond is completely upgraded. Actually, I guess you'd have to do the Invocation of Frost on turn one instead. But that's no problem. So, the fact that that existed and was not uncommon uh, was was a problem. Uh, because upgrading Galakrond should take some amount of time. I don't think it has to be super, super slow, necessarily. But I don't think it should be on curve. And it certainly shouldn't be that natural. Uh, either. So, good on them for changing this one. Still a good card, um, but yeah, needed to be changed. And then the next one was Faceless Corruptor. Uh, it was a 5-mana five 5-4. Five, Battlecry Transform, a friendly minion, into a copy of this. Now it is a 4-4 four, four instead. So, knocked it down one attack, and I love this change. The card is still insane. I think if Steve and I were recording now and talking about it, it would still be a 5. Um, and that's just because it is 8-8 eight, eight rushing for 5 mana that only requires you have something on board, which is not difficult in pretty much any class. So you're upgrading anything that's less, or sometimes even you have something that's big, you trade it into something as long as it survives. I'd rather have a 4-4 than a, you know, 8-1, I think, most of the time, if your opponent has some kind of clear change to that or something. So, yeah, this is a good change. Uh, it's not going to affect things that much. I mean, if you've been playing on the ladder at all, you've been seeing this card plenty still, especially with the hand buff shenanigans. My goodness, the transform into a copy of this is pretty insane for Rogue... I don't think there are many Paladin decks, actually, that are uh, that are running hand buff mechanics. I'm playing one right now, so I'm, that's why it's on my mind. But I don't think universally it's that big of a deal. So it might just be the rogues that are able to do that. So yeah, good change here. And then the final one is Mogu Flash Shaper. And this is the one I'm probably most disappointed with, if I'm honest. Uh, Mogu Flesh Shaper was a 7-mana minion, now it is a 9-mana minion. There are two reasons why Mogu Flesh Shaper is so good. 
It's the fact that you can discount its mana cost easily, like by the game being played, basically, you can do that. And it's the fact that Mutate exists uh, and can evolve this into something that's a very significant minion most of the time. Now, I don't think you change Mutate because Mutate on its own is not a card, <laughs> basically. I remember, I'm pretty sure that we gave it a zero when we reviewed it, and I think I'd stand by that um, because Mogu Flesh Shaper didn't exist then, so we didn't, we didn't see that one coming. Um, but I think because there's no other card that combos well with it, it doesn't make sense to change that card. It makes sense to change Mogu Flesh Shaper. And changing the mana cost up makes it harder to play, um, but my experience so far says that it doesn't make it that much harder to play. The fact that it can charge for three and bump into something is big. The fact that it trades and then isn't just healed back to, to normal, but can now get evolved into a 10-10 or a 12-12 minion. It's insane. I wasn't worried like some people were about like like calling it a buff that now it gets, you know. The truth is that the pool of 10 cost minions is a lot smaller than the pool of 8 cost minions. So, and it's not as diverse as far as um, differences in health and attack points. So, you've got a much better chance of getting a very solid 10 cost minion as opposed to an 8 cost I really liked an idea that I saw Crip uh, proposed, which was giving Mogu Flesh Shaper the text can't be targeted by uh, spells or hero powers. What I love about that is that it takes away the potential of mutating it, which is a big deal. And it also actually kind of gives it a little bit of a buff. The fact that your opponent couldn't... Um, couldn't target it with a ping. Um, I guess if they're druid, then they'll, they'll take three damage. But maybe that's good for you. It just felt like it sort of evened out the card where there's there would still be a place where you'd want to play it. Um, but it takes away the insane high rolliness of it and just sort of levels it out. I think in like token decks and the aggro overload shaman, you would still play that card, I think. Um, because you can buff it up with uh, Storm's Wrath, or um, that might be the only one. But alas, that is not the change that we have. Um, so I'm not a big fan of that one. I have had it played against me. I have had them pull a Deathwing off of it, and it did not feel good. <laughs> but that's part of the game. It happens sometimes, and that's okay. So those are our changes. Um, very nice. Um, I'm glad overall that we have something. The fact that the team worked so furiously to get this out so quickly is to be applauded on every account, in my opinion. Um, just super thankful for that. And I, I was talking with someone on Twitter about this that they were asking, like, hey, Andrew, what's good after the, after the patch? And I said, you know, I, I think... You know, Galagrand Shaman is still playable, and it's still good, but it was brought in line with everything else that's been strong out of the gates. And the things that were strong before are still strong, so stuff like Holy Wrath Paladin, um, and what was the other one that was so big? Oh, Face Hunter, of course. Um, those things are still all well and good. But I think that the biggest thing that happened that's helpful is that the the potential of other classes playing ball is there now, right? Warrior is probably the class in particular that has really been strengthened the most by this, and I don't know how, but it was just given room to breathe because Galakron Shaman was so, uh, so able to just take the board, reestablish the board, I mean, between Dragon's Pack and Galakron's Battle Cry and Shutterwalk, you've just got so much coming at you that if you don't have an answer to that, you're kind of hosed. Because of how um, how much you could really bank on getting that curve every single time, like I mentioned before. So, um, 
Rogue is getting a lot of play too now with the Highlander versions. And, um, uh, you know, people are kind of, kind of concerned about this Necrium Apothecary. And my perspective so far is, and I've played against a lot of it, is that when it works, holy cow, yeah, it feels, it feels awful. I've had it happen where they have the Necrium Blade ready to go. They play it on uh, the Apothecary on turn four, activate it, and then the next turn, how did they activate it again? I can't even think about it. Well, I guess, I guess they must have just killed it off or something. And, uh, and then they've got, you know, sassy deckhands and, um, boars coming at me for far too much damage. <laughs> but the truth is that I feel like that happens maybe 20% of the time to me. The other times they don't draw well, or they can't quite activate it as quickly as they want. And because I've been mostly playing more aggressive strategies, uh, they just can't overwhelm me fast enough. So it feels like that deck can be kept in check right now. And I, yeah, I, I would tell you that if you're seeing a lot of it and you're really frustrated by it, face is the place. And there are plenty of face decks to play today. So go with one of those and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, I'm, I'm just really thankful that we have any kind of meta that seems uh, more complex than just play Galakrond Shaman <laughs> or play Holy Wrath Paladin to combat that. So I'm really thankful for this. Uh, the other bit of news we've talked about before is that the Winter Holiday Bundle is live now. So for $24.99 in the U.S., you can get Dame Hazelbark, a exclusive card back and six packs from every other set other than uh, Descent of Dragons from the uh, all, all the standard viable uh, sets. So 30 packs for $24.99 is pretty insane. And the fact that you get a um, an exclusive portrait is great too. I, I think that uh, for me personally, I don't need any of the cards from these sets. So it's a question of if I need Dame Hazelbark. <laughs> And I have seen enough people say that she's nightmare-inducing that I don't want to send my opponents into trauma as I'm queuing up against them. <laughs> so uh, call me a little too empathetic or uh, towards my opponents, but I think that for right now I'm kind of laying low and I'm not going to uh, jump on this one. But I'd really encourage you, if you're new to the game, if you... Uh, do you have some legendaries that you still need to get from those past sets? I mean, this is cheap dust, if nothing else, so uh, go for it. It's a great deal. It'll only be here for a limited time. And, yeah, you, 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 can, you can send horror into your opponents. That's, that's okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a viable ladder strategy, you know? <laughs> so... Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about just the diverse ladder right now. I hope you don't mind. I am going extremely. Oh, this guy has a Blizzard Entertainment uh, bumper sticker. That's cool. I, I'm really gonna go freeform on this episode, and it's probably gonna show a little bit. So um, the truth is that there is so much to talk about right now. <laughs> on the ladder because there are so many different kinds of decks. So I thought while I'm meandering through the neighborhood, maybe I'll meander through my thoughts with you. And honestly, I was going to pull up hsreplay.net to talk about some of the statistics and matchups and stuff like that, but because I can't uh, record while doing that, it kind of takes away that option completely. So instead, I'll just tell you from my top of my head. My wife will say is not always the best idea, but we'll make it through. So let's talk about what I've been playing first. Um, right at the gates, when Galakrond Shaman got those nerfs, uh, I started thinking like, okay, Face Hunter's been doing really well against Galakrond Shaman. People were terrified at the time that Rogue was just going to eclipse the ladder completely. I started thinking, I wonder if there's just going to be something altogether different that does well. And Highlander Rogue, especially, 
has seemed to be really successful for some people. I think it's because Rogue just has so many good options out of their kitty. They have a lot of really good playable basic and classic cards. Stuff like Backstab, Sap, Edwin Van Cleef. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's pretty good. <laughs> and the Galakron package actually has, be, has been pretty good for Rogue. It's not a backbreaking um, uh, media kit. Why is that a kit? Is the thing I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's not a backbreaking kit, tool kit, if you will. Um, but even the fact that you get to draw a card for free, or and play it for free, it's pretty good. Uh, the the treasure for um, uh, High Spear and Togwaggle that lets you draw three cards and they each cost zero. Is crazy, and it's it's probably the one I've chosen the most whenever I played that card. So you just need that as an example to look at it and say, if you just play Galakrond as Rogue, if you've upgraded it twice, then great. And then if you get the fully upgraded version, that's even better. It's really not even that bad. Just to give you five um, five armor and let you draw a card. It's not technically what you want, but it's not. It's not awful. There are worse things you could do in your turn. And just the fact that you've got so many other options. So the reason you play any Highlander deck now, especially the classes that don't actually have Highlander options like Rogue or Warrior, is so that you can put Zephyrus in. And dragging Queen Alexstrasza is potentially insane. You can whiff. You're not going to whiff too often, though. So instead, you play 9-mana 8-8. And potentially two other dragons, or you hold on to them if you don't have to play them immediately. And those dragons can have just as much impact as she did. So, so Highlander Rogue was what I went with off the bat. I think I only played a few games before I said, yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was going so well at first. I saw people saying Galakrond Shaman is perfectly fine, and so I think I tinkered with that a little bit, didn't do too well. And then I was starting to look into, uh, look on hsreplay.net. I've been doing more of the social media stuff for them, which means I'm kind of scouring the website, I'm checking out the statistics on there. And as I was looking through, this little archetype called Mech Paladin came up, and I said, oh, Mech Paladin, okay. Because I, I really want Pure Paladin to work. I did play with that some. I, I had a pretty good streak with it that I told you on the last episode, but um, I started losing some and, and just wasn't confident enough in it to keep going. So I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just put that up for a while, and I'll, um, I'll work on some other classes here. But I realized, once you start saying Mech Paladin, this little guy called Skyclaw is quite the card. And I thought that when I first saw it. And in a complete Mech Paladin package, I said, yes, this can, this can not only be a thing, it can be my, my personal savior for, for my ladder. And uh, so I threw myself at that. I actually won five games in a row. It actually took me straight up to rank one. And then it took me down to rank three. <laughs> and I didn't play it all the way down to rank three. Because um, I think it was like three or four losses in a row. It's, the, the meta is so unsure that it's really tough to for me to stay the course when I lose a few games because I'm trying to be on top of the trends and trying to um, to play all my games to make sure that I can get get to my goals and stuff like that. Um, and I look back on it and honestly, I feel like I should have kept playing it, but I didn't. <laughs> so um, yeah, it worked. So it worked for a while. And that's mostly because Mech Paladin is able to play out a lot of tokens really early that can combat the board against decks that are very board-centric. 
or are, are trying to establish something quickly to rush you down. So like Zoo is the quintessential deck like that that wants a board, wants to be able to trade efficiently, and wants to be able to deal face damage uh, quickly to be able to just take you out, right? Galakron Zoo, by the way, very interesting deck that I did not see coming. But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a competitor on the scene. I was actually watching uh, Pizza, if you're familiar with him. He, uh, he made it up into the high legend ranks with the Galakron Zoo. And uh, I was watching him last night because I wanted to try and graph from it. I think by the end he was playing Warrior because he, he was losing too many games with it. But, um, but yeah, so Mech Paladin can actually do the Zoo thing better than Zoo can. And if a deck is too slow, like something like uh, Control Priest, which has been out there quite quite a bit now too, or Resurrect Priest, I guess is more accurate. Um, you're you're hoping that you can smork them out before they can establish their board. If they if they begin to establish their board and run their shenanigans, and they will outvalue you every time. In fact, I lost one today. I got them down to one life, a single life. And then they played uh, a buffed-up Zilliax, got themselves up to six, and I didn't have a board, and I just conceded. <laughs> it was uh, it was very sad. I'm sure we've all had those games. But Mech Paladin is a really interesting contender right now, not only because of that, um, that streak that I had, um, but I actually also started playing it again this morning. I'll tell you more about my journey and the different decks I've played, but... Um, but I, I revisited it today and it ended up getting me, getting me back. I, th- I think I'm at rank two now. And, uh, and so af- after losing so many games and having a very clear losing percentage overall, uh, it was just nice to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm gaining ground back now. I'm, I'm starting to get there because I'd really love to hit legend this month. Um, just at this point, I'm not anywhere close that is a dog. That is a very cute dog. It's one of the mop dogs with a bow in its hair. And it's not even barking or anything. That totally caught me off guard. <laughs> Just sitting in its owner's yard. No big deal. Um, and it completely had me lose my train of thought. Big surprise. But yeah, I, th- I think that this Paladin deck is is definitely something to look into. Um, I'll include a deck list in the show notes for what I'm using right now. Though I expect these kinds of lists will change violently over the, over the next several days and even weeks um, because things are so so new and fresh right now. And uh, I think that it will be it'll be at least the end of the month or the beginning of January. Till things really begin to settle down to, okay, here are the clearly good decks, the clearly refined lists. And it sounds like from what Ixar said online, we may actually see some balance changes around then if needed. So it may be just in the nick of time uh, that we end up doing something different. So I'll include those lists if you want to check them out. Uh, you can go to thehappyhearthstone.com and see them for yourself. And then, yeah... Let's talk about these other lists. So, I did see that um, I did see Hockey Boys post a Mechathune Warrior list. Praise be to Mechathune. If you don't know, I love combo decks. I've been learning to embrace this part of myself for a little bit now. Uh, and Mechathune in particular, I mean, he is the combo card, right? His um, his uh, card text requires that you have a very specific game situation and that you win the game if you get there. That's that's a combo card through and through. So um, I, I was excited to see that. I don't think he was running... I think he was running one copy of Molten Breath, which is the five mana spell, deal four damage to a, a minion. If you're holding a dragon, gain five armor. And I can't... Re- oh, well, Malagos is in the list. That's right. Um, because this is a classic Mechathune combo that you play the boom ship with Malagos and 
uh, Mechathune in hand. So it pulls both of those. You enrage both of them, with, which get a buff from Malagos. And then you play a copy of Whirlwind. And then that, that along with the damage done by Enrage, kills them. And as long as you have nothing left in your deck or on the board, you're good to go. Um, my second game, I played against a, a control warrior, like a classic control warrior that was running her car, the Soul Flayer, which is a card that on its own kills combo decks entirely. <laughs> and I thought, I'll play this out and see if I can, uh, you know, show them what for. And then they played Archivist Elysiana at the end, which takes out all the Corrupted Bloods effectively. And, uh, yeah, I conceded after that. <laughs> That's pretty mad after a you know twenty twenty five minute game, but it happens. That was so disheartening to play that game that I was like, yeah, I, I just don't know if I can do this. And the truth is that there's a lot of aggressive lists on the ladder right now, so you've really got to be careful if you want to go the combo route um, because aggro is combo's worst nightmare. Uh, aggro is the scissors to uh, combo's paper, if you will. They're able to just kill the game uh, before uh, before you're able to pull off your stuff, usually. Holy Wrath Paladin might be the one that can stand up against it right now. Uh, just because Holy Wrath Paladin has several kinds of board clears. Um, if you can get Shrival and Sathravar down, that gets you a lot of health back. But actually, I've heard that several, um, several lists aren't even running Sathravar now. Um... I think that was actually tournament lists because of the mirror. You probably want to run it on ladder if you're wanting to play it. Um, but yeah, so my Mechathune days were very short-lived. And as much as I'm talking about Holy Wrath Paladin right now, I'm thinking, why haven't I played that as much? I probably need to go back and at least try it out and see how it does. Um, Control Priest was, or the Resurrect Priest that I mentioned before is the other one that I spent some time with. Um, it was actually Kibler who I saw first who hit Legend with a, uh, with a Resurrect list. It was a Quest Resurrect list. And then, uh, I saw Steve post a list from Phenom, who also hit Legend with a similar list. I can't remember if he was running the Quest or not. Um, but I thought, man, this is perfect. With all the face hunter I'm seeing, I can just basically deny them the game from the beginning. And especially this list, this list is running two copies of Mass to Spell, which if they've figured out their side quest and have three Lepernomes on the board and play a Cobalt Sandcrawler, you just say, nope, I'll just take five damage instead of, what would that have been, nine? Or I guess 14 if you count them together. <laughs> it's absurd. Play some Cartoon Defenders. Feeling good about that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's pretty absurd. The difference in, or th that matchup is not favorable for, for the Face Hunters. Um, but in a classic, um, a classic, well, this is just what happens to everyone when you're trying to figure out which deck to play on the ladder. I changed to that and then immediately stopped seeing face hunters. In fact, I don't think I saw one for like 10 games or so. And I did stick with this list for quite some time because I was like, I've got, I, I was noticing it that, hey, I'm jumping around. I really need to come in and learn a deck. I think I played something like 15 games with it or something. Um, and... It was just a lot of control, um, some combo decks, uh, yeah. And it felt like I was treading water for a lot, a lot of games. Which is something we've all experienced if you've played Hearthstone for any amount of time. Stuff happens and it's okay. You just have to learn... Uh, how to take the right amount of breaks, how to control your inner dialogue, and how to keep a calm head with it, honestly. 
um, I don't know that I've ever talked directly on the show about the inner dialogue. It might be a topic for an episode uh, for another day. Because we all have these inner dialogues that are going on throughout our lives. And specifically when you're playing Hearthstone, whatever you are telling yourself will determine whether you're able to put yourself in a winning position or not. doesn't mean it decides if you win or lose, but it is a big determiner for, um, for what's probably going to happen. Anyway, so I felt like I was doing a pretty good job with that list of keeping a calm head even though I was losing a lot. And the, the fact at the end of the day was... I'm, I'm still not winning, and I want to get there, so... Um, I, I've been following Jambra lately. In fact, he's the one I pulled that Highlander Rogue list from. And he posted, I think it was just last night, a Highlander Warrior list. I thought, that's interesting. Highlander Warrior was a big deal before uh, Descent of Dragons. And I haven't heard anything about it since after that. You'd think it would get better because it's got more tools. Um, so I thought I'll give that one a go. I only played a few games because I, I didn't do so hot with it. Highlander lists are tough. I think it's because you need to... Well, okay, I think my perception before playing them was this is more like an arena deck where it's just like you draw what you draw and you go for it and see what happens. Since, you know, there's not a clear here's really what you want to do but I don't know that that's accurate um, because I played a few games with that strategy and it just never seemed to work out it was either I was really drawing um, duds every time or um, maybe I just didn't clearly know the strategy of it so um I'll be interested to see how these Highlander decks, especially the um, the more obscure ones. I mean, I haven't... Let's see, I've seen Warrior and Rogue. Some Mage lists, although Mage really hasn't been doing anything, it seems, since Descent of Dragons released. Um, uh, and there have been lots of Hunter lists, too. In fact, I came up against a Highlander Dragon today at rank 3. It seems like a really fun deck. Um, I, I just haven't been confident enough in it yet, so, um, oh, and I actually did see Frozen post a Highlander Dragon Druid, which that's a, that's interesting, and it was a Malagos uh, variant, so you really wanted to burst down your opponent, lots of potential stuff out there, anyway, so suffice this all to say, because I need to wrap things up, because uh, I can tell I'm rambling, truly rambling. Um, what would I recommend right now? Well, more than anything, I'd recommend that you try to have fun, if you can. <laughs> metas don't do this very often. And the truth is that even when metas do this, it doesn't last for very long. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are two potentials for metas. Either they are extremely unsolvable, or there is like one or two really good decks that you just you just play those. And there are extreme weaknesses to both of these things. Um, and it really comes down to personal preference for what you prefer. If it's too diverse, the downside is obviously like um, that you can't figure out what to play with any amount of certainty. If things are down to just one or two decks, meta is too predictable and it's boring. So it's a, if, if you're just focused on the negative, it's a lose-lose situation and that's depressing and it won't encourage you to play at all. Um, but it, it doesn't mean that you're just constrained to that. What I'd encourage you to recognize is that during a diverse meta like this, you actually can get away with more than you think you can. And I would say that my experience so far has proven that to be true for my opponents, who seem to be playing a lot of different stuff. 
um, at, I've probably played most of my games at rank three and two the past several days. I've seen Embiggen Druid. I've seen, um, I've seen Highlander Hunter. Uh, I've seen Control Warrior. I actually saw a Taunt Warrior today. It really made me mad because they were running a, uh, what's the two mana two two that, um, gains armor every time, uh, every time it attacks something or it, that it deals damage. Scrap heap, something scrap heap. They magnetized the Zilliax to it and it was just insane. And that was on the back end of playing a 6-9 Armegadillo into the fray, all that good stuff. I'm sure Daniel, uh, from Blizzlet would have loved that list. <laughs> but I, like, I'm getting beat by stuff that isn't anywhere near the meta. And that's a good thing. It can be really frustrating in the moment. I will never tell you to not let it be because it just is. But the truth is, it's always also a reflection of a really healthy um, meta state, where different things have a chance to rise to surface. And you never know when you're playing against oddities like that, um, whether you were the one game that they won against. Maybe they're on a 10-game losing streak, and things finally worked out for you. Um, but regardless, whether that's true or whether they have figured out a meta breaker, um, you be the influence that you want to be for that. You don't have to stay constrained to deck lists. And in fact, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the episode that I did with Dexter a while back. It was like in the 180s, 182, something like that. Building decks with Dexter. We talked about like, what does it look like to get in the mind of a deck builder? And I, I, I'm still encouraged to this day to try weird stuff because of the conversation I had with him. Uh, in fact, he hit Legend just the other day with a Quest Hunter list. Uh, Shuma OP, like, severely. I've, I play that list quite a bit, too. Um, I, I have not seen many other people playing around with Quest Hunter. But there's a lot of room. So if you have some wacky idea and you think it could work, try it out. You don't have to jump straight into the ranks and, you know, tank 20 ranks just doing that. I play a few in casual. Um, friendly challenge someone you can even go to the happy hearthstone discord and find someone to test decks with if you want um test it out try it out and then when you feel like you've sort of made a few changes and optimized it as best you can throw yourself in the ring on the ladder see what happens Uh, you don't get days like this very often and I have a feeling this one's going to last longer than it typically does with expansions. I hope it does because it's fun this way. Um, but maximize the time uh, for what you can do because this is a time to tinker and to have fun with experimenting, being bold and trying weird stuff. Uh, you know, I haven't tried bombing in quite a while. And who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with shaman as most other people are, so I don't know that I'll... <laughs> I'll run back. Maybe I need to find a different class that could do some bomb shenanigans. I mean, warrior, obviously. Actually, I saw someone posting a bomb warrior list the other day, so I don't know. I'll figure it out. But I want to encourage you. Um, I, I hope that you're not running into too much trouble on the ladder. I, I feel like, you know, I made insane amounts of progress, and then I've really kind of leveled off and maybe dipped a little bit. Um, and I've had to coach myself in the same way to say, it's okay. Um, in fact, getting to rank one is, is a really big deal because it means you start rank five next month, which I'm more than happy to, <laughs> to take that, if nothing else. Um, as much as I'd love to get to Legend, I also want to have fun, and I'd rather have fun at the end of the day. So you do the same. And let me know if there's any deck lists that you're checking out that you want to try out um, uh, or that you want some feedback on. I'd be happy to take a look at them uh, and try and offer what I can. Maybe we could even do a full episode uh, with people's... Um, people's Frankenstein lists. I'd be down with that. That'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, as I go ahead and sign off here, just want to remind you as always that you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you. Uh, It's because of you. It's sustained by you. So thank you so much uh, for being a part of this. And whether you're on a holiday trip, uh, you're heading to or away from family, I hope that that this season does treat you well. Um, and regardless of what happens externally, I hope that internally you'll be encouraged by the fact that you're alive. 
that you have something valuable to add to this world, and that uh, you're a part of a great community here with the Happy Hearthstone. So thank you so much for being a part of it. I want to encourage you, too, to come back. If you're newer to the show, if you just checked this out because you needed something to listen to while you were around family, uh, that's great. I'm happy to, to uh, accompany you in the journey. Um, but connect, come back, uh, and if you'd like to join me for a future episode as a co-host, you absolutely can. That uh, That is always an open mic casting call for anyone who's interested. Just send me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at andrewsliving, and we can figure it out from there as well. Be sure to follow me on there for uh, any updates. I've been trying to post lists and uh, crazy stuff that's been happening, and just my appreciation of a very diverse meta right now, so... Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And you can follow me on Twitch at Andrew is Living as well. So um, I'm actually coming back home a little sooner than my wife is. There's actually a chance she might change her days. I'm not totally sure yet. Um, but I, I'm planning on doing some Twitch streaming while I'm home since I've got to just be hanging out. So, uh, so go follow me on Twitter and turn on notifications. I don't stream very often, so I won't, uh, I won't delude your your notifications or anything, but it is one of the best ways to be sure that you find out when I am. And I was thinking about actually doing a uh, doing a fundraiser, or, uh, well, not really a fundraiser, but just being intentional about trying to um, to raise funds for a new microphone. Since I've I've got one to back me up. This one I did on my on my phone, obviously, but I've got one that one from work I used for the review episodes. I think I'm going to hold on to that for a little bit, but. Um, I'd like to get my own so I don't have to be dependent on that because it's technically not mine. So, uh, so yeah. So, anyway, a lot of context for I'll be on Twitch and would love to hang out with you, try out new decks and all that kind of stuff. So, follow me on there. And what else? Full show notes at thehappyhearthstone.com. And I'm sure that there's something I'm forgetting. Ah, thanking our awesome producers of the show. Uh, Jay Miller, Menoch, Number Theory, thank you three so much for supporting the show at the level that you do and uh, just for being real friends. I appreciate you during the holiday season. Appreciate you all the time. So thanks for loving this show and loving this community so much to be a part of it at the level that you give. And if you'd like to join them and be a part of the Patreon, go check it out for yourself. Patreon.com slash the Happy Hearthstone. I'm still trying to figure out what I can do as far as uh, perks since things have changed as far as what I can offer. Um, I, I probably actually need to pull those of you who are on there to figure out what you'd like better. So uh, I'll come up with some ideas and hopefully that'll be really set for this next month to, so that you all can take advantage of that. So uh, thank you for everyone who's given over over there, especially during the holiday season. It really does mean a lot because I know uh, everyone's strapped and could use a few dollars. So um, so the fact that you'd be willing to, to give them, to invest in yourself and in uh, me in this podcast, it means a tremendous deal. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, that's all I got for you on this episode. I hope you're enjoying the latter. See, sincerely, enjoy it. <laughs> and, and please let me know uh, what you're playing, what you're enjoying, uh, as I'm looking for those lists to, to finish up the climb. Who knows, maybe Mick Paladin can take me there. I sure hope he can. Um, but thank you so much uh, for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time.